good ground for hope. I've recently been reading again Graham Greene's novel, The Power and the Glory. And it tells the story of a priest who was in Mexico during the time of the Cristeros, that it was illegal to be Catholic. There was no public mass. Priests were not only arrested, but uh, typically killed in, that, in certain regions. And so here's this priest who is there, who's withstanding the persecution, the potential for harm. And he's you know, clandestinely saying mass, doing baptisms. And so people are like, wow, what a, what a good man, what a, what a saint. But at the same time, what Graham Greene calls, he's a, a whiskey priest. He's addicted to alcohol. And in a moment of a lot of alcohol, he made a poor decision, and now he has a daughter. And so other people look at him and say, you're a terrible priest. You're a sinner. And he looks at himself, and, and he sees a sinner. But it's interestingly because his awareness of his own brokenness opens up an even greater goodness in his heart to others. That he recognizes his own frailty, his brokenness. And it gives him more patience for the brokenness of others. That he's able to see more goodness, ironically, because of his lack of goodness. So you could say, is he a good priest? Yeah. Is he a bad priest? Yeah. It's, it's complicated. It's, it's complex, right? Jesus, in our, our gospel today, tells us something that helps us make sense of that and our world. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a field where there's good seed sown. And yet an enemy comes and sows weeds. And so people are confused because the good master planted good seed, but now we see both good and evil. Which is not too unlike our world today where people say, well, how could a good God allow suffering in our world? If God is so good, why is there evil? And, and depending on our perspective of things, we're really good at pointing out the goodness of maybe our things and the evilness of other things or things that we hold a different opinion on. And so how else is this helpful to, to be aware of? I, I, think, I think it can help us look at other people in a healthier way. So we can err on one of two sides, right? Nowadays we can, we could defend somebody in a blind way. Oh, no, 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 no. That person did not do that. It's like, well, do we really know? <laughs> we could say, that's not in keeping with that person's character, and I don't really know. That doesn't seem likely. There's always more to the story. I don't really know, but I can't say that person didn't do that. On the other side, we say, sometimes we look at other people and we're like, oh, that person's bad. They, they believe that, and therefore, that. So if you disagree with me, we have all sorts of names. You pick any issue. If you disagree with me on this issue, then that means this about you. And, and it's, we put them in a little box 
that feels a little easier to deal with. And really, we just kind of, it gives us permission to write them off. Or, or remember that one bad thing they did, and that's how they always are. But isn't it more complex than that? The truth is that you and I are created good, but we're imperfect. That you and I are, are holy, that is, set apart for God's work, and yet we're sinful. You know, you could look at anything in our world. You can look at a university. You can look at a political party. Political parties, there's goodness about them, but there, there's imperfection. You could look at neighborhoods. That's a good neighborhood, that's a bad neighborhood. But what's funny is all neighborhoods are made of people. <laughs> and people can be kind and patient and loving, but they can also be selfish and hurtful. And so I guess what, we're, what I hear today, what I'm receiving, what I've noticed in my life recently, is trying to avoid what psychologists call black and white thinking. Black and white thinking comes from our brokenness where we paint a picture a certain way. It's either all good or all bad. When the truth is, the reality is it's more complex than that. And, and that actually takes more courage to face a life and a world that's not perfect. But there's something, so we can also apply that to ourselves, you know? Sometimes we can see ourselves as all good. Like if somebody were to ask, you know, are, you know, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? Well, I'm a good person. Or have you, have you been to confession recently? It's like, well, I haven't, I haven't killed anybody, you know? It's like, so we can kind of, like, we see that. But, but if I start going to confession, say, once a month, yes, it makes me aware of my sin. And people are like, well, I don't want to be so focused on my sin all the time. Catholics, you guys are so depressing. You're always talking about sin. It's like, no, the whole point of all of this is that by recognizing the brokenness, we can actually see the goodness more clearly. That when I go to the Lord with my sinfulness, that I'm actually, I become more aware of his goodness and his, his patience towards me. Our psalm today, Psalm 85, says, Lord, you are good and forgiving. You know, the other thing is we, sometimes we're really good on the other side, where, so to speak, where, yeah, I did that bad thing, and I can never forgive myself for doing it. Yeah, yeah, I'm a good person. Yeah, everybody's like, you're so good, you're so, it's like when you stand up and give a talk or something and like, oh, you did such a good job. And then we sit there and we're like, yeah, but I, you know, and we fill in the blank. Whenever someone says we did a good job, if, if we're quick to say what we did poorly, we might be really good at being hard on ourselves. That I see the imperfection and I, I lose sight of, of the goodness. So, what do, we, what do we do with this? Jesus, it's interesting that he says that what do they do first but collect the weeds, then gather the wheat into my barn. I think there's actually, it's sometimes we're all good at noticing the negative, 
And maybe we can use that as a grace. That, that instead we can take that and bring it to the Lord and see it in his light. And once we can see what's lacking, that with God's light, that we can also be patient enough to see what's good. That maybe if someone gives a talk and, yeah, well, I stuttered or I forgot my point or whatever, we can acknowledge it and say, yeah, I went longer than I thought I should. It's like, yeah, but I also think there was some goodness about it. I, I think there's also something here when it comes to ourselves that, that just struck me. That it, he says the enemy sows weeds. That the, you, how does the enemy do that? I want to just take a little tangent, talk about one, one way the enemy does that. Because the, the enemy, the, the devil, Aquinas, Thomas Aquinas acknowledges that angels can actually put thoughts into our heads, but they can't make us believe them. That's our choice. So, so for example, um, say you break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend, and, and you sit there and you're like, wow, I'm alone. And then all of a sudden we come and we, we choose to believe this lie that, you know what? I'm always going to be alone. Nobody likes me. I'm going to be unhappy the rest of my life. And so in that moment of hurt, of, of being down, the evil one is trying to sow seeds, trying to sow lies. And in some sense, all of us have believed this in different ways at times. And, and other people are usually better at noticing it within us than we are. They're like, what? No, you're not going to be alone. Like, if you're alone, then how come I'm standing here talking to you? You know, like, like it's so obvious to other people, but it's not obvious to us. And so maybe a way we can help each other is when we notice, if somebody says, like, gosh, I just, I, I feel like I'm always going to be alone. That, that instead of saying, no, no, you're not, because then we're just, like, arguing, trying to convince them, that, that what we want to do is, in a gentle, loving way, is to expose the weed for what it is. So how do you do that? Ask a question. I feel like I'm always going to be alone. Wow. What, what's it like to feel like you're always going to be alone? Well, I mean, I know I'm not always going to be alone. Oh, okay. Do you see how quick that was? But if I say, no, you're not going to be alone. No, 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 you're not going to be alone. You'll find somebody. Yeah, you don't know that. <laughs> you know, like. But I think we can help each other to identify the weeds when we see them, I think, did I? Yeah, I mean, it could be anything. It's, it's any time we're at a low moment. You know, we do bad on a test, and I believe the lie, I'm dumb. And it's like, really? You wouldn't have gotten here if you're dumb. But anyway, so, like, so what's it like to feel like you're dumb? Like, wow. Now, we can, we can do that ourselves, too, as we notice other people can help us. That's why it's helpful to talk to mentors. But when I notice that, I can actually call it out for what it is and say, you know what, I, I renounce the lie that I'm going to be alone the rest of my life. I, I renounce the lie that no one likes me. I renounce the lie in the name of Jesus that, that I'm dumb. And I embrace the truth that this is a hard moment right now, but God wants good things for me. So you can actually acknowledge, like, I'm not going to say, oh, everything's great right now. Like, no, this is a really hard moment. 
I'm going to acknowledge it to the God who loves me, the God who works all things for good, and that's going to help me to renew the hope that it's going to be okay, that God is the, he's the master of might, we hear today. He's the source of justice. He's the one who's going to bring everything to light, and all is going to be made right. And so, yeah, there's, there's people who've done bad things. There's bad systems and things in our world. There's injustice in our world. And, you know, if God's allowing it, if God, in some sense, is okay with it, then maybe it's okay to be okay with it, be okay with injustice. No, I'm being okay that God's allowing it. I'm going to try to change injustice, but I'm going to be okay if I can't. I'm going to invite my children to, be, to go to Mass, but I'm going to be okay with their freedom to say no. That somehow they both can be there, the freedom and love and goodness and even rejection or whatever. That maybe it's okay, that the world's not perfect and maybe it's okay, that I'm not perfect yet and maybe that's okay. Because God is patient. My judgment day is not today. That God is working all things for good. That my, my salvation comes not from the world being the way I wish it was or other people being the way I wish they were. But it comes from my God who never gives up on me and who's with me. I was talking recently with someone who, well, they were actually at my, my father's funeral and we were talking about our fathers. And they told me a story about their father in which he had done something pretty mean to her when she was in the kitchen one time. And she didn't like thinking about it. Like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. But she said, you know, for whatever reason, that she, she felt a greater permission to look at what wasn't good. And, and she was able to acknowledge that that action taken that day was not good. And she said that when she would go into the kitchen after that, she would be short of breath. She would be like on edge and anxious. But now more recently, as, as she gave herself permission to look at the weeds, to look at what was unpleasant, that she was able to kind of just name it, say, I didn't like that. That was really hard. God, that was really hard. <sighs> that she said she was then able to see even more goodness in her father. And she's like, you know, he really was a good father. He worked really hard. He didn't have many bad moments, but he did have bad moments. He was very generous to, to me and my siblings. The truth is there's, there was actually a lot of goodness and I recognize maybe he was having a hard day. Maybe I tapped into one of his pet peeves. I, I don't know. We all, we all have pet peeves. We all have bad days. That doesn't justify it. It doesn't make it okay. But I'm just, I'm actually able to see this person more humanly. That they're good, but fallen. They're holy, but sinful. And she said after this experience of just kind of praying through that, that the, the next time she went to that kitchen again, 
felt nothing but peace. It's some weeds God puts on flowers. And that God is the one who's so good and so perfect and so just that he wants to make goodness come from everything evil. That he can work all things for good in our world and even in me. And that is good ground for hope.